This is the Fit Roots podcast, and I'm your host, Aidan Lee. We are focused on teaching you the best of philosophy, martial arts, health, well-being, and business. Our mission is to build modern warriors who enhance their lives through continual physical and mental evolution, and then bestow that gift onto the next generation. Today, we've got Marita Moore joining us. Marita is the owner of Lotus Fitness Academy and is an award-winning empowerment coach. As a young girl, she was bullied at school for being different. She would come home with broken bones and glass cuts to her face daily. By 13 years old, her mental health was in crisis and she attempted to take her own life. By 16, she was homeless, trusted no one and had no friends. Her life was unbearable and she didn't think she had anything to offer or any reason to be loved. You could say she was at rock bottom. Today, her life is totally unrecognizable. It is filled with love and beauty and success. Lotus Fitness Academy allows her to work with all kinds of beautiful souls, from those in crisis just like she was, to those who just have a dream and want to succeed. She is featured in national and local press, as well as radio for her expertise in the fitness world. Welcome to the Fit Roots podcast, Marita. Hey, Aidan. It's great to be here. Awesome. And thank you for coming on. And I know today we're going to be discussing some uh, deep stuff and, you know, fixing yourself, overcoming um, mental ailments and diseases and not stuff that people really want to or, or always willing to talk about. So I really appreciate you coming on and actually being willing to share all this stuff that, as you know, and we just talked about as well, being something that people so desperately need. Yeah, well, it's my favourite topic, so <laughs> happy oh, to be on and uh, spreading the word. <laughs> awesome, I love that. So, Marita, on that note then, let's let's get going. So, we've heard, obviously, your bio and a little bit about yourself, but could you tell us about, you know, how you got to where you are now and, obviously, where you started? Because I think that story, which you've already shared with me, will set the tone for this uh, talk today, but also help people understand where you've come from and how you've got from A to B. Yeah, sure. Um, okay, so mine starts right back in primary school. <laughs> um, so I was kind of a different kid. Um, I was dyslexic and I did lots of different kind of activities. So I was in like the drama group, I was in the dance group, I was in everything. And a lot of my other peers didn't do stuff like that. So I was very different um, in my school setting. And that led on to me being bullied Um and then that kind of progressed into secondary school, but it was on a whole different level. So I experienced, um, you know, quite horrific things like I'd have my face smashed into a phone booth or, um, you know, bones broken. So we're not just talking about the kind of name calling stuff. Now, for me personally, that led into, I kind of spiraled into depression. Um, and I, I mean, I ended up taking an overdose when I was 13. So it was quite severe kind of didn't feel like I fitted in in the world at all, didn't really know who I was. Um, I, I actually thought I was to blame for what, what was happening. So um, really kind of self-loathing of myself, I guess. Um, however, you know, um, something ha happened where I was able to turn all this around. And that took um, me kind of, it, it kind of happened by chance, to be honest with you. So um I ended up working um, in a gym, which is where I started off. And then somebody offered me this fantastic job to go and work with children in a children's home. And it was really well paid. Um, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I went there for the money, not for the job. <laughs> <laughs> but, but as soon as I started working there, um, they, they put you on courses to deal with how to um, look after a child that hates themselves and how to look after someone that's suffering from depression. Mm. 
So when I'm going on these courses, learning how to do my job, it helps me kind of think about myself and my place in the world. And the fact that actually I wasn't blamed for being bullied. Um, it was actually perfectly normal to feel depressed when you've been through a situation like that. And even if you haven't been through a situation, you know, depression can kind of um, still affect you for no reason, but it's okay. It's, it's okay to ha have that emotion. It's not a wrong thing to have as such. So I went through all this process and then obviously um, developed by kind of helping other people get over their issues as well. So I went through the whole cycle of hating myself to actually realizing that I did have a purpose and I was part of the world and I did matter. So, um, and this has all led me back into um, my fitness as well. So it's kind of like the journey's traveled and taught me all these skills to then provide what I do today. Awesome. And yeah, it's quite a journey. So I guess yeah. my question then, Rita, would be, is it the, was it that job and those courses that gave you that, that moment, that light bulb moment of being like, okay, this is what I need to change? Or was there some particular event that happened which forced you to change? Or what was it that enabled you to get out of that funk, if you like, of that mental state? Okay, so there were key elements in it. It wasn't the job specifically, but it was the fact that someone had shone a spotlight on me. So I had to, I couldn't go and do that job unless I changed how I was behaving. Um, but I also I had a fantastic um, support network around me because I actually used to teach boxing in um, at an old fire station. And the guys there were people, the firefighters that volunteered their own time um, to kind of change the world by teaching kids exercise so they didn't have to go out into gangs on the street and they come and they do boxing in the centre. So for me, that was having real positive role models and that community around me. Um, and then also the exercise element, because it's really difficult to hate yourself when you look after your body and your nutrition. So that's kind of been key through uh, the whole of my life, I guess. Mm -hmm. But um, it was something I could really draw on. So, yeah. Mm, and that's that's awesome. You raised some good points there because I, I don't normally share it with people, but I guess it's the right time to do it now. Um, yeah, I've, I've been through depression as well. It's a very weird thing to, yeah. do, especially when you think you're, you know, I thought I was basically invincible growing up. So, you know, when you think you're like that and then that happens, you think, oh, yeah. how did that happen? And um, But you raised an interesting point there at the end, which I'd love you to share more on, Marita. It's like you, when you are fit and healthy, it's almost impossible to be in that state. Because yeah, obviously when you are depressed, what happens is you let go of all the health, the wellness, the, the physical, psychological, mental, social well-being that you need, and emotional, of course, as well. So can you touch a bit more on that and tell us what you mean by that? Yeah, sure. I mean, I had a massive pivot in my career. Um, so going back to the day, so I went to work for my children's home. I actually started working for social services after that. I did child protection. I worked within family units. And the key thing of my job was to make that unit better and to help these people um, overcome negative emotions about themselves so they could become family units. Now, I did everything in my power to make that happen, all the right courses, all the right support put in there. Um, and some people managed it and some people didn't. When I crossed across to doing fitness and when I kind of looked at that angle, I didn't teach people how to be happy I taught them how to exercise and I taught them how to eat well. And automatically, they'd get more confident and they'd, they'd look after themselves better. They'd have better relationships. So it was like, initially, I was teaching all the wrong things. I was teaching them the stuff you can't teach them. Mm. And when you cross over and you just kind of show them how to look after themselves, this is all naturally built into us. So 
you know, you, you can't really teach someone to be confident, but you can teach somebody to love themselves, which therefore makes them confident. Mm. So, you know, there's a, there's a bit of a, often people search, they'll go and look for, I need to, I need to go and search for somebody that can teach me how to be confident and they're missing the underpinning thing underneath it all, which is actually, if you're not looking after yourself, you're never going to get that. Mm. yeah exactly there's that misconception that oh yeah i can go and just chuck money at a problem and and see what happens but if you're not willing to work on it yourself it's it's never going to happen is it and i mean the other key thing as well that kind of runs through all this we're taught from such an early age that you look after everybody else first like you've got to put everybody else's needs before your own and yet you can't look after anybody unless you're a whole person yourself. So if you're really struggling, and especially, I mean, if you've experienced depression, which is very personal to the individual, um, you know, you can only, you can't really envision the other people around you because you're caught in yourself. But then you feel guilty because you're caught within yourself, so it's a knock-on effect. Whereas actually, if you took the time out to think, you know what, I need to focus on myself and look after myself first, then you then look after everybody else automatically because you're a good person that's bringing good stuff to the world. So yeah, and you're able to because you know it's that whole selfish to be selfless thing. You have to yeah make sure you're good, and then you give your best self. If you're not, you're only exactly. yourself, which is actually not good enough. I mean, we we talk a lot with our guys about. We go back to the analogy when you're on an airplane, they don't tell you to put the rescue mask on your child first and then yourself. They tell you to put it on you first and then your child because otherwise you can't help your child. So it's always something that sticks in my head. Yeah. I need to be okay so that I can kind of look after my crew. So. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's quite interesting, actually. Our last, I always, I use that example as well. Then our ah, last cool. the same thing as actually, I don't know how it came up. We were talking about it. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's a super relevant example that most people have experienced when they've been on a plane, right? So, uh, or are told to by the safety talk so uh yeah it's quite a fascinating thing but you're right you know how can you but it's a weird perception because you're kind of programmed into us that oh you need to be it's others first be yeah definitely without being selfish but i mean this conception of what the word selfish actually means you know if you're looking at it in the negative sense of the word then of course you're going to say oh i can't be selfish yeah exactly actually this is a good kind of selfish actually that's what you need when we do our retreats, and that's one of the first things sometimes we'll, it's more when we get parents, to be honest with you, but you tell a parent that they can't put their child first, they've got to put themselves first, and their face is just like, oh my God, I can't do that. That's like bad parenting. <laughs> but actually, it's not. It's better parenting because you, you're able to kind of throw it back and then you you looking after you looks after your child. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And parents are probably the worst for it, right? Because I think... Yeah, and that's not just mums, that's dads as well. You tell any dad out there, hang on a second, you've got to put yourself first. And they look at you like you're crazy. Yeah, exactly. I think you're you're doing something morally wrong almost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're taught to be guilty about this, aren't we? And, you know... Yeah, and there's a better way to look at it, which is exactly exactly what you're saying. So... um, yeah, Marita, I guess with all that experience, you know, one thing I'd like to ask is and understand myself is what have you learned from all that experience? Do you know what? I've actually learned that being different is really good. And I teach my clients to be different because you don't want to fit into this. To, if we were all the same, how boring would the world be? 
Um, you know, you want to have them unique qualities about being different. So I teach people go out and be the freak, go out, be the different person, you know, be the, 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 the person that, that everybody else is wearing jeans. You go wear shorts kind of thing. Just, you know, be different. Don't follow the crowd. And then the other thing that I've learned is actually we've all got these really unique, beautiful skills that are personal to ourselves. So, um, you know, for instance, I grew up suffering from dyslexia, so I'm not very good in the written word. I'm not very good um, explaining myself on a piece of paper, but I really like talking. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a different skill there. And it's like, find the skill that you like and find the skill that you're good at, you know, and bring more of that to the world rather than trying to pigeonhole yourself into what everyone says that you should be. Mm. yeah and I guess public speaking isn't your number one fear then which is good so yeah yeah but that mm-hmm. bonus as well which is great so good yeah and that's the other thing it's great advice because you know there's a lot of as you said you don't don't follow the crowds a lot of sheep and you're, you're encouraged to be one but if you you know are always being told that oh you must be the sheep and you must be this and that then of course you're gonna be programming yourself to believe that that has to be the case yeah rather than say hey what else can I be you know and when you limit yourself you don't you don't give that that option to yourself either. Exactly. And, you know, that's so key. If you limit yourself, you'll never reach your full potential when actually if you think, okay, yeah, I might not be good at what you say um, I'm not good at, but I'm, I'm, I've got this skill here and I've got that skill and this skill and the world wouldn't work if we all had the same skills. It works because we all have different skills and we can bring it back to each other and then, you know, become solid as like a team effort rather than, an individual is mm. that famous saying, isn't there? No man is an island, and it's so true because without each other, you know, life life isn't effective. We need each other to kind of be. Yeah, <laughs> so. exactly. No, I love that, and yeah, if we can help each other along the way, then it'd be silly not to, right? So, yeah. with what you've experienced, Amrita, I guess you may, I assume, you do come across and you've helped people who have. Uh, been in similar positions or, or have had at least experienced uh, depression and various other things like that and obviously once you've experienced it yourself it does become a little bit more easy to relate like anything uh, yeah empathetic or whatever you want to call it how do you help those people or what is your advice maybe for someone who is in that state at the moment and listening so how I used to delve into this was I'd kind of try and delve the, into getting them to think better about a situation whereas what I actually find more effective is to get them to experience what it feels like to be better in a situation. So let me explain that a bit clearer. So if you tell someone that's depressed to be happy, they they can't be that emotion because they don't feel it and they don't experience it at that moment in time. However, um, you know, we, we run so... Some of the clients that we deal with like this, we take them to our boot camps, uh, which sounds pretty scary, but it's not. <laughs> it's just exercise outside. And um, we take them along and we'll do um, physical activity, but we'll, we'll do it in a game format. So they might be playing uh, silly games, but they're doing all the kind of movements that you need to get stronger and better in a whole body aspect. And then at the end of that session, they've been laughing and they've been they've been able to experience other people being part of a team. And then you then remind them about that feeling. So you get them to to explain how does that feel. And going forward, 
it's far easier to make somebody experience something and feel it than tell them because what we experience is very personal to ourselves so what what makes me happy is very personal to me and what makes you happy is very personal to you so if I tell you to just be happy you know it's, it's really it's, happy, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah but if I show you what's your happy you know so yeah awesome no that's great yeah because there's a lot of this bs out there it's like yeah just be happy or be no, that's not how it works like you should turn yeah, just and it, make a switch and be happy right and just as much as I've, i focus on like the happy emotion that it's also about teaching people that it's actually okay to feel rubbish sometimes because it's a it's a natural human emotion i think we get caught up with the fact that we think we have to be positive and happy all the time and life isn't like that so you know but it's about looking after yourself when you do feel a negative emotion yeah exactly and as you say it's negativity or positivity or happiness or sadness or whatever it's all necessary parts of life it's the whole uh, yeah like and if you don't have one you don't necessarily have the other but if you yeah if you think that you must always be in a positive state i think one you're deluding yourself (laughs) but two also it's hey that's as you say that's not life but it's it's okay to experience that but it's how you deal with it which is exactly exactly awesome so as a result you know what do you what are some of your personal habits or daily routines now that keep you on the track to success okay so I'm quite strict with myself on this because it really works for me and you've got to find the things that work for yourself but I am for instance when I get up in the morning so the first thing that I do before I have a shower or I brush my teeth or anything I have a little um but it's a little um notebook that I can rip the page out little post-it notes and I write on it three things that I'm grateful for and it might sound really weird because I've just woke up but there's always three things that you can find when I started doing this it used to be really small things like um I'm grateful that I've got covers on my bed or I'm grateful that I've got a comfy mattress or you know and I had to work that small because um this is something that progresses. Whereas now I can put down, you know what? I'm really grateful that I feel well today. I'm really grateful that I've got an exciting day ahead of me that involves this. So I'm quite specific. And then I put them in a little um, jar. And I love that jar because every new year we open up the jar and we read some of them. And, you know, it reminds you of how good your year's been. So you have the the day-to-day positive stuff, but you also have the reflection at the end of the year of how great stuff's been, because I think we often forget. (laughs) And um, sometimes it's easier to focus on what goes wrong rather than what goes right. Mm. And then the other thing I do, so obviously I'll get up and go through my morning routine, um, but I'll make sure that I spend some time in the quiet. So away from my computer and my phone. And for me, that's going for a walk with the dog, you know, or going for a walk without the dog into the park and kind of taking in the atmosphere that's around me. So it's about really grounding myself. You know, I'm listening to the sounds of the birds and, you know, how the the weather feels. Is it hot? What does rain feel like? And that for me just grounds me as a person. So these are a couple of things that really work for me. Awesome. That's great. And the uh, gratitude one, is that something you got from Yvonne or was that you doing that beforehand? Yeah, no, do you know what? Completely from Yvonne. It was something, um, I've worked with Yvonne now for a... Gosh, it must have been going on about four or five years. It was from the beginning of my business. And it was just something she told me that she did. And I I, I tried it and it just fit in with everything that I did. It really worked. Prior to that, I would say 
although I've always been quite a positive person, um, in my later kind of, you know, so after the, the horrible start, um, this was just a way to like really focus on it. So it kept it current for me every day. So yeah, definitely. No, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. I haven't been doing it as consistently, uh, consistently, sorry, as I'd like to. So you've inspired me to get back at it, but also the other part is, yeah. um, I, I just kind of wrote it in the diary, but I never did the, uh, the jar thing. I think that's a pretty cool idea to then have a reflection. It's so cool because like, so I, I write three things in the morning and I also write three things before bed. Mm. So what that helps me do is it makes me go to sleep with a positive mindset. So nice. I'm, I'm, when I was a kid, I used to suffer really bad from nightmares. Um, and it's always something, my imagination is really crazy, but I tend to not have nightmares as an adult because I'm going to sleep on a positive note. So I'm thinking about good things. I have some of my best ideas in my dreams now, and I'm sure it's because I've got that positive mindset before bed. Yeah. But and do you put those in the, in the jar as well, the three from the Yeah. Oh, so okay. going back to the jar, yeah. you know, I can't get through all of them because there's so many. There's like six a day. Six a day right? <laughs> oh, yeah. That yeah. what we do is we tip it out, and me and my friends, and we just reach in and pick a few out. And it's like, oh, I forgot I did that. And sometimes you might get something that's really simple. Yeah. So it's like being grateful for the fact you've got a roof over your head. Mm. Sometimes you'll pick one up. I mean, last year, um, one of the ones that I picked up um, – was actually the fact that I had done this amazing um, course with my clients and they'd had these really big results from it. And it's something that I would have forgotten about, but it's like a happy memory. It's a memory box for you. So it's just brilliant. Yeah, it is. That's amazing. Yeah, I was thinking there, like, being a bit particular about it, like I'd like to do that. I'll, I'll do it, actually. I'll start tomorrow and do it from a, like, categorise it. So say if X amount of thing comes up one so many times, I could almost be like, right, this has come up, like, 50 times. All right, that's yeah. Something you're really grateful for or that maybe yeah good for you you do, uh, you do notice as well there are certain patterns so there are certain things that you consistently have mm. you know and sometimes as well you'll think um i didn't realize i had that many good things that happened so i didn't i didn't realize there were that many i didn't realize i went away that many times last year yeah. <laughs> you know that's a nice like surprise that. Yeah. So. yeah and it because i guess it's quite easy to fall into the trap of focusing on what's gone wrong rather than you know, definitely and I think especially in life in general but even it's arguably even more so in business you know you're always thinking about oh what's the next thing yeah you know, we're both in business but you always think about oh, okay what's this what's that rather than necessarily celebrating what you've already done and yeah exactly and it, it also it helps you kind of um tackle where you're going as well so like with business I'm sure it's the same for you I know there's certain things I want to achieve and it's so nice that when you get to the end of the year and you're picking out a card is the one thing that you set off at the beginning of the year to achieve and it's there. Mm. So, you know, there are so many wins in there as well. Oh, massively. Yeah, a lot of wins. And Mita, I'd be interested to know, um, you know, have you kept the, cause sometimes depression is not something you just overcome. It's something that maybe waxes and wanes depending on your state of mind what's going on is this something mm-hmm. through these kind of habits and routines and now your new health and well-being that you've managed to keep at bay or completely overcome or yeah give us your thoughts on that so the best way that I can describe it the young me is like it was a different person because I've changed everything about myself um not to not haven't changed myself for anybody but myself but the younger version of me used to think the world owed us something. 
She used to think that she could never amount to anything. She used to think that, um, you know, I grew up in a fairly normal family, but it wasn't, there was no money to then go off and set up a business. So I grew up with all these kind of beliefs about myself that I couldn't become anything. And then the me now is like, you know, if I think I want to do something, I don't think, um, but that I, a person like me could never be that. I think, great, how am I going to get there? I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. So I, I constantly, the way that I think is completely different. But I do, I do still recognise that person um, that I was when I was a younger person. And I kind of thank them because... It was having, it was going through them emotions that actually helped me kind of really have empathy with the people that I work with. And, you know, I've seen all the stages, so I can guide them through all the stages. Mm. So it's, it's a blessing as well. Yeah, it's a curse and a blessing, right? It's something that you have to, yeah. uh, I guess, you know, see the, the dark in the light and vice versa. It's something yeah. as hard as that is, right? There's like, in essence, there's such beauty in dark places because if you didn't experience that, you wouldn't know what the light looked like. If you didn't know what dark was, you couldn't know what light was. So, and it's about understanding that life is like that. It's not black and white. There's many different kind of stages that you go through. Um, but ultimately, if you hadn't had something horrific happen, it's very difficult to then be grateful for all the amazing things that can happen. Yeah, massively. And it sounds and, and something else as well. As a younger person, I always wanted the big things. So, and I, you know, I used to put quite a lot, like little things like um, I wanted to have named brands and I wanted to have this and I wanted to look like this and the rest of it. And now I'm really grateful for the smaller things. Mm. So, and they mean more to me than the bigger things. So it's like, you know, and because I'm grateful for the smaller things, I get the bigger things really easy anyway. Mm. So it's, it's that whole kind of, you know. Yeah, and it, it all connects now. And uh, yeah. it's important. Yeah, as you say, as well, cause sometimes it's a bit of a weird one, you know, at the time of the suffering, you don't necessarily enjoy it. But it, I guess some would maybe call it sadistic or whatever, but now I wish that, oh, hey, I should have received more suffering because every time I get more, as long yeah. as I come here, I always, it always makes you stronger makes you better definitely makes you more yeah I I look at um that's that's a key word for me because when I was younger I would say why is this happening to me Mm. and now I say bring it on because I'm gonna get stronger so I don't see when things that when things come because it does throughout your life it doesn't matter how positive you are you will go through situations that you have to overcome Mm. but I know I'm going to gain new skills because of overcoming it so yeah it's a completely different way to look at it yeah, and you're literally shifting it 180 and settle three, you know, 360, whatever, saying that, hey, you know, flipping on his head and like, actually, well, is that all you got? You're like, hey. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've got more than that. I can do, I can overcome more. So, yeah. What have you got? You know? And if, yeah, yeah. And then you feel this kind of surge of, um, it's such a good feeling when you complete a task. It's such a good feeling. So, I imagine, you know, the world's offered you this, you've dealt with it, and, and you've, you know, I often, I often relate it to, if you're on a computer game and you get a level up and it's good, isn't it? Yeah. You become a level up and it's like life, but you get a level up. So. Yeah, exactly. You are literally a new person every time you level up. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And Marita, I'd be interested to see how you've used this, um, I can say this overcoming of suffering in any other areas of your life. I know you mentioned a few about your bike crash and triathlons and training and stuff. Maybe you want to touch on those and share 
any lessons? Yeah, definitely. So me having this kind of mindset has made whatever training that I've put my mind to, you know, totally doable. <laughs> so for instance, um, last year, I've never run a marathon and I, um, it was quite funny actually. It was New Year's Eve and I was with my partner and with all our friends and um, they were signing up to the Snowdonia Marathon. Oh. And someone said, and I went, oh, the Snowdonia Marathon? They're like, yeah, it's the toughest in the UK. And oh, you definitely couldn't do that. You'd have to start with a, another one first. And I was like, yeah, right, sign me right up. <laughs> <laughs> so, And I'm not actually a marathon runner. It's not one of my loves as such. Yeah. I woke up the next morning and I was like, did I really do that? <laughs> I do have that kind of mindset. If someone tells me I can't do something, I will go off and do it to kind of mm. prove them wrong. Now, last year, I, w- I was quite poorly, so I had, had to have an operation, and this left me with about six weeks to train for the marathon. Mm-hmm. But my mindset, not my physical fitness, got me around to that course, and I completed it. And I actually completed it in a fairly decent time for somebody that's doing a first marathon. Nice. Um, and it was literally, there were dark moments on that course but for me, I'd, I took it in little stages. So I had to get to this point and then I worked on that point. And then, you know, the closer I got, I was ticking the miles off in my head and then the miles disappear and you think, so that's it, time disappears. And, you know, I'm not going to stop. So the pain's going to get less because eventually I'm going to be at the end. So it was, yeah, using little things like that to really get you past. And again, um, yeah, I, I did have a horrific bike accident. And I think some of the things that actually helped me um, not become more injured than what I was, something specific. So I was going down a hill, a really steep descent on a road bike, um, and I crashed at over 41 miles an hour. So I was, I was doing quite some speed, faster than what a car can go. Um, I ended up hitting the side. I went across the main road, hit a curb, um, 360 in the air, still attached to my bike, which I was gutted nobody had... Um, their cams with them because I think it would look pretty cool (laughs) but um at the moment because what had happened my brakes actually failed so I knew I had no control on the bike and I knew I was going to crash before it happened um and I also I there was a barbed wire fence that I could see so I knew that was probably where I was going to end up in I knew that was going to hurt so I couldn't control any of that situation the only thing I could control is how I felt in the situation so I actually just relaxed and let it happen Nice. And by doing so is because my body became a natural shock absorber to itself. Mm-hmm. So when I went, when I was in the hospital later, they actually said the fact I've relaxed so much has probably helped um, me not walk away with broken bones or more severe damage than what I had. Nice. So, you know, you, you can, you can apply this mindset to all kinds of stuff. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And it pervades all areas of your life. And yeah, yeah exactly. Crashing at 40 miles an hour into barbed wire. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's that sort of mentality where you can sort of get into that kind of almost meditative state without having to. Yeah, definitely was. Definitely a meditative state. And when those things kind of happen, I don't know if you felt this, but it's like, you know, if you how do competitive fighting or some sort of adrenaline yeah. fighting, things kind of get slow motion, they slow down. It's, very yeah it's a real feeling and yeah you almost as long as you allow yourself to you, you have time to think a bit and to act yeah it was definitely my version of it my version of events is completely different to the guys that were watching it happen because at me it was slow motion and there was lots of time for them it was quick and fast you know they, they even commented the way that I crashed they thought they were going over to a dead body yeah. so you know but because I was kind of 
because I, I accepted I couldn't control the things I couldn't control, mm. you know, and I'd accepted it. I was fine. It was like I was in a little bubble and I was fine. So <laughs> obviously, you know, I didn't, I didn't just get up and walk away. I, I did, I ended up going into hospital and stuff. I had nerve damage. Mm. Look, within six weeks later, I was up and walking. I didn't have any broken bones. So, you know, it, there was a massive difference to what could have happened. Mm. Yeah, and how, how you could have chosen to recover from that as well. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. So, Marita, I'd be interested in hearing, you know, how you spend your time now. I know retreats are something that is big on your mind and, and your agenda at the moment. So maybe you can touch on those and, you know, what you're working on at the moment. What's your sort of big focus and how you're trying to help people? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I started life off as a um, outdoor fit camp girl. So I used to teach fit camps in the uh, local parks and I still do that and I love it. I really love that work. Um, but more so now, I'm working with people that um, are going through a difficult time. And I don't necessarily go searching for people that are going through a difficult time. They tend to just find me. Um, so they'll come aboard and they think they're coming on board to get fitter. And they are. However, underpinning everything that I do is the mindset. So without having a positive mindset, you know, you're not going to reach your fitness goals anyway. And if you have a positive mindset, then we can work on the things like, you know, your mental health and, um, you know, how you feel in your own world, that kind of thing. Mm. So, and this has kind of led on then to the fact that we do retreats in a beautiful place in Anglesey. We've got a manor house that we use. Um, and it's just great. You know, we have some real big epiphany moments on these retreats. So people come and... They have lots of fun because we do stuff like we'll get the paddle boards out and we'll go into the sea, we do exercises on them. And so there's that exercise element. There's also the nutrition, you know, we're, we're guiding you through that. But mainly we're teaching you how to kind of love yourself and become yourself because I don't think people allow themselves to become themselves. They, they try and fit in with the world they're in by being whatever the world they think expects them to be. And actually... They just need to be themselves. Yeah, easier said than done as well, right? Yeah. <laughs> so. Mm. No, that's, that's amazing. And yeah, I think if you, you know, you can do that and help people become themselves, that's what people want more of. So. Yeah, definitely. What, what are the goals with that in the next, you know, one, three or five years? Or just in general, what is it you're looking to achieve? Do you know what? I'd like to, um, I'd like to progress it so that, um, on a general day-to-day basis, I meet more people that have negative emotions than positive emotions. And I'd like to progress it. So this is away from my business. I'd like to progress it. So when I'm out in my community, there are more people there with positive emotions than negative because we've helped them. So we do a lot of community-based stuff. Um, you know, it, it, taking it right down to my neighbourhood. We're doing lots of stuff within the neighbourhood at the moment. It'd be so nice to walk in my local park and hear people saying positive stories rather than negative because they've been part of our academy. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, because especially in local areas, depending on where you are, it can get quite um, tiresome and negative and so on and just... Yeah, definitely. We forget, like, especially as fitness instructors, Mm. um, you know, or coaches, whatever we want to call ourselves... We focus on searching for clients and we forget that actually we've got a whole community exactly where we live. And yeah, they might not all want to do um, boot camp or whatever, but 
they all need to stay healthy and active. They all need to look at the way they're eating. And, you know, if you can go out and give a little messages here and there, all of a sudden, you get like I have, you find you've got a following. You've got a group of people that are actually with you, supporting you and, you know, learning from you. And, and because of that, having a better way. I mean, Yvonne, we both worked with Yvonne, but Yvonne said something that really hit me the other day. That was like, when you build your crew, that's your chance to change the world because you're, you, you find the people that kind of fit in with you and your message. So, and that is your way to make differences in the world. And that's how I try and look at it. So. No, that's awesome. Yeah. And it's, it's finding that, that crew. And I think we both seem to be in that stage now where, where we've got them or getting them and getting them, mm. them. And as you say, then when you, when you go forth and multiply together, it's much more powerful than just you or I doing it by ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And also appreciate that, you know, if, if I've had clients that have left me to go to somebody else, um, appreciate that that's okay because we all have different skills and we all work differently. So we're not in competition with each other. We're just different. And, mm. you know, the, the main message that we're all trying to, as fitness professionals, trying to get out there is that we want people to be happier, healthier, you know, and look after their health. So, as long as they're getting that, it doesn't matter who's providing it, as long as they're providing it in the right way. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's, you know, people need to make sure that they are doing something and making yeah, sure exactly. the right thing as well. As long as they are focusing on the right things, it's good. So, yeah. Mita, before we wrap up, I'd love to understand uh, if there are any resources, websites, video books, workshops, et cetera, that you would recommend, especially in relation to the stuff we talked about today. So, you know, depression and going through changes and all that stuff. So there's, there is two things that I'd really recommend. Um, the books, I love books, um, which is strange for a dyslexic girl to say, but um, I do. <laughs> so we have The Chimp Paradox. Um, to me, I, so the, the books are very similar, but The Chimp Paradox is very scientific. So if you're a science person, um, you'll really enjoy it. And I'm not going to tell you much about it, but it applies to everything. So it's kind of the way... Um, it works through our brain and how we work in, as a person and how we can relate to our surroundings. It's very scientifically done. Um, not in a way that you can't understand. It's not too sciencey, but if, you, if you're more of a scientific brain, you're going to want that book. Yeah. If you're a bit woo-woo, then go for the compound effect. Same idea, same thing. Um, it's a bit more spiritual. It's a bit more woo-woo. Um, but yeah, both books, to me... Um, kind of underpin most of what I do because of the way that we react to our surroundings and who we are as a person. So yeah, definitely give them a read. Awesome. That was great, great resource. I've not read the compound effect, but I've uh, listened to the uh, chimp paradox. So I'll go and check that out myself actually. Yeah. Um, cool. So before we wrap up, uh, Marita, I think, you know, I'd love to have you on again, but I think, you know, it was nice to focus on these couple of uh, particular topics today but before yeah, we do finish up, is there anything else you want to mention? Uh, but also feel free to share links to your website and social media here as well. But I will also add them to the show notes. Yeah, no, that's fine. So if, if you want to find out a bit more about um, me and what I do and maybe read a little bit more of my story, that's all on my website, um, which is www.lotusfitnessacademy.co.uk. And then obviously the Facebook, Lotus Fitness Academy and the Instagram as well. So yeah, come check us out. But um, I'd love to hear um, what you've thought of our little chat as well and if you've got anything to share for your, your listeners out there. So yeah, but brilliant. I've had, I've had a great time, Aidan. 
Yeah, awesome. Yeah, go and check um, Reach out, guys. And uh, yeah, find a follow, ask a question. I'm sure she'll be up for it. And similarly, yeah, if you have any feedback, thoughts on what we've discussed today or questions, then you know, do let us know. So, Marita, I just want to thank you so much for spending your time with us and sharing your journey, wisdom and experience with all of us. Brilliant. Fantastic. Brilliant. I'm Aidan Lee and this is the Fit Roots Podcast. Thank you for helping us on our mission to build modern warriors.